Good evening and welcome to Italian Impact Weekly, coming to you from Robert Morris University. I'm your host, Steve Stefano Mancini. And I'm Claudio Relsano, and appreciate all of you tuning in as always. And that is a fantastic start to this show, Claudio. As always, we just... Um you know, get our, our listeners engaged right away. And again, we want to thank our listeners as always. And more importantly, what I do kind of want to start out a little bit different is I want to thank our sponsors because without our sponsors, we wouldn't be here. Again, nobody's giving you free airtime and the internet isn't free any, as, however you want to look at it. So we always need your support, both from a listener and we need your sponsorship. And we want to thank our sponsors. We're going to start with Greater Pittsburgh Travel. Again, I want to thank Tom Deeks, who's, uh, as I keep saying for the last few weeks, he's putting my vacation together, and I'm very appreciative of that, Tom. Appreciate that, and as more importantly, I appreciate your support for the radio program. I want to thank one of our newer sponsors, Pellucci Plumbing. Nick and Amy, I want to thank you guys for your sponsorship. Again, I've known you guys for a long time. I appreciate the fact you're putting the faith in us. I want to thank the Calabria Club of Pittsburgh, again, another sponsor. I want to thank Domenica and the folks there, and... I want to give him a shout-out for the sponsorship, and I want to mention, for the folks that are listening, they are going to have a bocce tournament May 21st at Elm Grove Shelter in Highland Park from 1 to 6 p.m., and yes, I will be there. Claudio, will you be there? What day is that again? May 21st. I think it's a Sunday. Yeah, I should be there, yeah. I like your attitude. I'll be there. <laughs> All right. And then also I want to thank Mark Pasquale, running for city controller. Mark, thank you very much for your support. And as always, I want to, you know, last but not least, I want to thank Angela and the folks at La Scuola d'Italia, Galileo Galilei. Again, the only nonprofit here in Pittsburgh that offers, you know, K through whatever age group you want to learn Italian. And you know what? If I can learn Italian, you can learn Italian because Angela and the team are fantastic at teaching Italian. So I want to thank them very much for uh, one, the support, and two, for actually being competent enough to teach little old me Italian. So thank you very much. Claudio, how are you doing, buddy? I'm good. I'm good. August 2nd, the Italian Hall of Fame, Sports Hall of Fame will have their annual banquet at the Lamont Restaurant in Mount Washington. Uh, if you are interested, please contact us at Italian questions at ItalianImpactWeekly.com. It's always a great event. And as always, the Boxing Authorities with Luther Dupree Jr. and Smokin' Jim Frazier. You can check us out on Channel Box. Uh, click on the WBC Live link. It's boxing's best show. My show, Claudio Relsano, uh, show with such guests as Mario Andretti, Vince Ferragamo, Dick Vermeil, Rocky Blyer, Ken Griffey Sr., Jerry Cooney, a bunch of guys. And they're going to be appearing on this show as well. Check that out at ClaudioRelsano.com. And my book, uh, Lead from the Heart Up, Not the Neck Up, How to Create a Positive Winning Culture on the Field and in the Office. You can get that on my website as well. Uh, PA Basketball Coaches Podcast. Go to pa-bca.org. Now, we were, oh, real quick, oops, sorry, May 15th, uh, the Kids Celebrity Golf Classic, for the Kids Celebrity Golf Classic, hosted by former Pirate Sid Bream, former Steeler John Kolb at Treesdale Golf Course. To register, go to www.teamcsigolf.org. Sid Bream will be there, John Kolb will be there, Jim Leland will be there, Craig Wolfley will be there, and I will be there for the 22nd year. Now, today, we were supposed to have on Vince Ferragamo. And uh, Vince is a little bit uh, backed up right now. So if he doesn't come on today, we will definitely have him on. Um, so just uh, we're going to do a little ad-libbing here today. But that's that's life. That's right. exactly right. But you know what we did do? I think we snuck somebody into the studio. We did. And who we did. do we have here at the studio? Lean forward, young lady. Tell us your name. Hi, everybody. My name is Ida Rosano. I'm Claudia Rosano's daughter. Very happy to be here today. <laughs> See? This is the magic of radio that we can actually just 
bring anybody, any old buddy on in, drive them off the street and say, come on in and be come on the on radio in. and you're come a superstar. But you know what? We would be remiss. Who are we not thanking for all the magic that happens here? My boy, Joe. Joe Hale. Joe Hale from Just Harvard. Happy. Thanks, we we got to give you like Stephen <laughs> on my TV. How about Giuseppe Haley? How about that? His, his last name ends in a vowel, so you're good, Joe. You're an honorary paisan. But actually, you know what? We were thinking about this, and one of the things that Claudio and I've talked about a long time, again, was one of the whole kind of inspirations for doing the show is we talk about that impact both from the guests and the ways that we can positively impact your life. Again, there is so much. I keep saying this. People are probably sick of hearing me say this, but I think everybody agrees with me. There is too much negativity. There is too much I want something from you before I will give you something in return. So, Claudia, we talked about this like well, probably a year ago, talking about trying to do a podcast, you know, kind of an, an up positive, uplifting business kind of themed, help people out kind of podcast. And, you know, the one nice thing, and I, I say this kind of in a weird way, the one nice thing about being able to pivot off of a regularly scheduled, it gives us a little bit of that free time to kind of say, you know what, you and I have been doing this for decades. You know, just life. You know, run it, whether it's running business, whether it's being a leadership right. position, whether you know, whether you're having to work for somebody, you know, just trying to make ends meet. Multiple jobs. I've had multiple jobs. I still have multiple jobs. You've had multiple jobs. You, you know, you talk about different streams of income, which we're going to talk about that. But the thing is, we all started out somewhere, and when you start out, you're always going to have some kind of, you know, it's going to be ups and downs. And very few people. This this illusion that everyone, you know, just starts out and they make it you know it was like when we were talking to mario andretti last week you know and, and i was really surprised to learn like i didn't know that he lived in a um, refugee camp for yeah. seven years i mean and there's a lot of people like the, the, you know these people that for what i call them, the first generation of wealthy people probably in fact they weren't born with wealth they had to create it so no matter how far you go back even if it's a famous family at some point it started somewhere right and then what happens is the generations you know the successive generations they, they sort of, I don't want to say don't appreciate it, but I, I think they kind of, you know, appreciate it less and less because they don't have to work as hard for it as other people did. Right. So now, you know, the first thing we want to think, you know, we can talk about here is the fact that, look, school's just graduated. you got a lot of folks going out there. We've this young lady right next to us who's just graduated. You just graduated, right? Yeah. Successfully. Yeah. Very good. I gotta make sure of that. I don't want to be giving people bum information. With honors, a bunch of chords. Oh, she did it all. Don't be shy. You <laughs> sound it off. Hey, if you don't sell yourself, no right. one's gonna sell you. That's so true. you gotta That's always true. announce. No, it's not about being arrogant. It's just about it saying. Ain't bragging what, if you can back it up. Exactly right. And another, what do I tell you all the time? I read this on a sugar packet. He who has a thing to sell and goes and whispers in a well is not apt to get the dollars as he who climbs a tree and hollers. So promote. There you go. So, but again, now you're starting out, and you know. I'm curious. Now, again, your dad's been very, you know, Claudia, a little while now. And, you know, the one thing I, I've noticed about you, Claudia, is you're very well read. I'm guessing, and you can tell me this right now, and I'm pretty sure from what I know from you, is you didn't start out with a million bucks in your pocket. No. And I'm guessing your dad did not start out with a million bucks as part. So everything you have, you got it the old-fashioned way. Mm -hmm. No doubt. You went down to the government office and you applied for some sort of handout. <laughs> no. I don't even know where the government office is. No. Well, well, there was a, you know what? There was a, uh, I won't go there, but there was a time when people weren't necessarily enthralled to go to the government office yeah. for that. But, but now it's just become too commonplace. But, um, you know, so I'm curious, you know, you're kind of here just starting out and you've been there, but, but the fact that you are what I'm going to call learned, there's a big word for the day, you are learned in this stuff and how to say, listen, how do you go from nothing to something? You know, I'm curious what you instilled 
on your daughter. And what are some of those lessons now that you've graduated that you're now going to take with you? So I'll start with you. What are some of the things that you would say your dad taught you? And I'm putting you on the spot here. She's like, she thought she was going to come here and sit quietly. And when we were doing the intros, I'm pointing at her. And she's probably like, I don't know why he's pointing at me. Because that's my cue of going, you don't understand what I'm saying, but get ready to answer some questions. But I'm curious, and you know, what are some things that your dad taught you that you are now, now that you've graduated, you say, you know, he taught me this and I'm going to go apply that. I'm curious. What are some lessons? Yeah. Um, so he's always kind of instilled in me that I should kind of have a personality and talk to people because, um, sorry, I'm very on the spot. Can we I know, no, 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 <laughs> no. Because that's what, that's what I am, a personality, right? Yes. That's right. <laughs> um, I'm, I'm trying to think. I'm sorry. Um, no, it's, it's, you're good. No, but that's just, a good one. What, because what you, some of the things that I tell you every day when, we get, when I take you to school? Different funnels of income. Well, yes, uh, definitely. He has definitely put instilled in me that you should always have different funnels of income. Even right now, I have three, um, three different jobs, three different things that I'm always doing, um, and then always very focused on the future. And it's important to appreciate what you have now, and you should never, you should be happy but never content. He always says that to me. <laughs> oh, so um, those are good things. So yeah, so what that looks like is, you know, hey, I did pit color guard and I did this, I did that, and I should be proud of those accomplishments. But now what can I do going forward? What can I do with those accomplishments that will help me get more accomplishments or something in the future like a job or anything else like that? What is your what is your next steps gonna be? Yeah, so actually um head in there soon. Um I'm the color guard coach at Montour High School and I just started that about Yes, well, yesterday. <laughs> oh, fresh off the press. <laughs> yes, very. Um, I love it. It's having. I'm having a great time with it. I was not ready to give up color guard, um, and thankfully, I don't have to. So, as of right now, I'm doing that. I'm also a dance teacher at Bella School of Dance, uh, right in Swickley. And next year, I'm going to Duquesne University, and I'm getting my degree in school counseling. Nice. But you see, you have a plan. Yeah. You're doing two things at the same time. You're listen. People that are listening. You can do multiple things. We talked about this before. If you're not, you know, if you've got, you can always do more. What, what was the phrase about if you're not going, help, help me out with it. If, there if you everything go. seems like it's under control, you're not going fast enough. And Dan Marino, you can do more, you can always do more. I, I agree with that. What do you think? You've got a couple of jobs now. You know, you're getting ready to go to school. Will you keep those jobs while you're at school? I'm definitely going to try. Um, I think it's really important to keep things that you're passionate about um, as well as, I mean, I'm obviously passionate about um, school counseling, and I would like to be a school counselor one day, but I also love Color Guard. Uh, like I said, I'm not ready to give that up yet, and uh, fortunately, I don't have to. I also love teaching dance. Dance has been part of my life since I was three years old. Um, and I think, as well as a funnel of income, it's also something that I love doing, and it's something I'm very passionate about. So that's I definitely like to keep those things as well, because you obviously have to um, have funnels of income, or even just hobbies that you know maybe you don't necessarily get paid for, just because life is so you know, work, work, work. And I feel like you also have to have those outlets of you having fun and having a good time with life as well. Kind of like this radio show. We don't get paid <laughs> for it, but thanks our sponsors. Oh, we do. Well, that's right, we do. Um, but no, so, it, but, but you know what? That's it, it, good. I hate to say it. And just because Cloudy is in the room, I'm not saying this, but I mean, it's good that you have your head screwed on because you know, I'm a, I'm a part-time professor. In fact, here at Robert Morris, I, I teach a few classes. I teach graduate, <laughs> undergraduate. And what really surprises me is what I'll call the variation of the quality of, of students. And I don't mean it's like in a negative way. It's not just RMU. I taught at Pitt. I taught at Seton Hill. I taught at, you know, um, uh, uh, Carlo for a hot minute. I've taught, you know, I've taught different places. And the, 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 you know, that variation of 
students that are just like, well, I'm going to graduate. I don't know what I'm going to do. And then you get the other ones that are like, hey, I'm going to do this. I'm going to do this. I'm thinking like, man, is it like really come down to like, did anybody at home teach you? You know, I mean, you're in college. So I, don't, I don't think you're, you know, you're not a smart person. You know, you're in college. You're obviously learning something. But it just seems like, you know, I'm kind of get your opinion now at this is, you know, how, how almost, almost like I want to say, how do you instill common sense if they're not getting it home? I mean, how do you get there? Because you know what this, whether, you know, we look at it, Joe, Claudia, and myself, we're probably a close age group here. And it's like, we look at these people and we say, you know what, in 10, 20, 30 years, uh, that's the future. That's the leadership. And, uh, you know, in some cases I'm like, all right, I feel pretty comfortable. In other cases I'm going, oh boy, you know, yeah. we're in trouble. Um, I'm curious, your thoughts. For me, it started at home as you said, and with my mom and dad constantly, constantly um, talking to me, teaching me. My dad uh, had a landscaping business. He worked in the mill, and he was always telling, and now they were always, as I've said numerous times, they were always supportive of me achieving my pro baseball dreams. And they never said, well, just in case you have a backup plan. Like Mario said last I week, there is no that plan was wonderful A. Yeah, there was no that. plan A for me. This was it, right? And so I did that. They never said, well, maybe you should have a backup. Never, because they believed in me, and thank God things went the way they went. Um, now, having said that, for me, um, it everything changed for me. Like I can tell you again, I she's tired of hearing. Everybody's tired of hearing that August nineteenth, nineteen seventy three. I was eight years old, went to my first pirate game. Okay, but another date that changed me, and I don't know the exact date, but a friend of mine, Vince Caplack, his son had a birthday party. I want to say it was in June, but I could be wrong. But anyway, we went to his house. So I just leafed through a Sports Illustrated book and they had a Where Are They Now? And I was always a Greg Norman fan. And I saw where he had wine, he had GPS, he had clothing, golf course design, beef. He had you know, a $400 million company. He had all these different things on the, uh, under the umbrella of, at the time, Great White Shark Enterprises. Now it's called the Greg Norman Company. As you can see, I have stuff on. Now, I said, I can do that. My dad always told me I have different funnels of income. Up to that point, I had baseball, landscaping, that was it. He had a book out. I read that book. And I said, I can do that. I can do different things. So then I went into the speaking, still in landscaping. From the baseball, yes, head coach, Scouting, professional scout, yes. Um, then you know, write a book, and then uh, then the, the the shows. I have a boxing TV show, obviously. I have this. I have uh, Steel City Sports World. I have uh, my my show, the the uh, basketball podcast, and get paid for all these things. And then uh, what else do I do? Uh, a baseball training, you know. So I have about seven or eight different funnels of income, but that was instilled in me. But something that was very very important, the, the boxing announcing, something was very important to me. And I talk about it all the time. Obviously, my parents, number one, without question, instilled in me every single day. But then I had very a, a lot of, as they call them now, virtual mentors. Now, some people I knew, like a Jim Valvano, who I used to tell him, I want to be the Jim Valvano of baseball. Jim was the first guy who, head coach, athletic director, author, radio show, TV host of Lighter Side of Sports, speaker, camp, uh, you know, camp uh, guy. And, but then now, you know, guys like Vince Ferragamo, Mario Andretti, Magic Johnson, Alex Rodriguez, Greg Norman, I read something, Fran Targenton, I read something from those people every day. I watch YouTube videos, I read stuff that they do. Pauli Malignaggi, former boxer who's done well in business, we'll try to get him on. So they have inspired me, 
so I, I see the road that they took from sports. I'm in sports, and I've gone that path. So um, virtual mentors have made meant the world to me. So the things that I've learned and studied from them, not only from my parents, but from those people, I pass on to Ida. And um, I instill those things in her every day, every day. Now, Ida, I'm going to ask you a question then, because you were completely unprepared. This is how I know it's going to be a real answer. Are there any books that you're, say your dad said, hey, you should read this book or something you got in school that you thought like, wow, that's, that's changing the way I think, the way I do things. Was there anything that kind of inspired you like that? Let me think. Um, most of the school books, no. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, he actually has always had, kind of had me read a lot of financial books from a young age. Um, in first grade, most people are reading uh, like The Magic Treehouse or something like that, and I'm reading this little financial book. Um, and even though at the time I was like, oh man, I don't want to read this, it does help me because I'm very smart with my money. Um, <laughs> some people will just be like, oh yeah, you know, you can't take it with you or, you know, whatever. And I'm always very smart with my money. Um, <laughs> I'm, gonna, I'm gonna tell you something. I hate that phrase when people say that, well, you can't take it with you. But you know what? Do you know when you're going to die? Because I don't know when I'm going to die. And I tell you what, I'm not saying, listen, for the people that are listening, this is very important. I am not saying you shouldn't enjoy what you work oh, for. Oh, sure, sure. You should absolutely enjoy what you work for. But there's a big difference between enjoying what you work for and just being stupid with your money. And I know a lot of people that do that. They say, well, you know, they're gonna, they, you're, it's like I'm going to justify doing something stupid because I can't take it with me. I, I there's you know like what was the one about the wolf at the door isn't that I, I actually kind of like that one. Door. I, yeah. I like and, that. And during the pandemic, that's a wolf. Electric bill oh, is yeah. a wolf. You know the people what do you call them the mortgage brokers whatever they call them they're the wolf. Absolutely. <clears throat> Gas bills the wolf. You know uh, college tuition is the wolf. And, and I, I told the story and I'm sure you remember Ida. Uh, I don't know it was maybe four or five years ago I'm cooking and uh, my wife brings in my wife Linda brings in the mail. And she said, we got another invitation to uh, one of your players' weddings. And I, and I was joking. And I can tell you where Ida was, and I can tell you where I was, right in front of the stove. And I said, I'm going to go broke going to all these weddings. <laughs> I'm you know, joking. She looked at me. Her eyes got, remember that? Your eyes got real big. And she said, Daddy, we're broke? And that got to me. I said, no, no, honey. I'm just, you know. And I've seen athletes who made zillions not millions zillions broke or you see it on tv or you see um it, and, and i've talked about it all the time and people say, oh, claudio's it's the truth I, I, what did andretti say his his biggest fear is what poverty i one time I, I won't give you the exact details but one time i was getting my car inspected so I decided to walk down this street where my sister used to live years ago, which used to be a nice street. Yeah, going down that street, um, which is no longer a nice street, I said to myself, it would kill me. Not that I'm better than anybody or anything like that, but your goal is to take care of your family. And, and I love where we live and, and all that. It's the house I grew up in. Now my daughter gets to walk in those steps. But um, Bruno Sammartino once said it would destroy him if he could not take care of his family. It would destroy me if I, if I could not take care of my family. If I had to tell them, hey, we have to stay here for three, four, five months a year, uh, that ain't happening to me. Like I said, that's why I go at it hard. That's why on this show I talk about money because I'm trying to instill in our listeners, 
work hard, save your money, invest it properly. Don't blow it. It gets blown for you enough. That's true. <laughs> and you know what's funny, though, that, that you're saying that because that mindset is gone. That this whole, I got to take care of my family. People confuse with, I need to buy my kid every piece of junk with no. taking care of my family. They, they, can, they, they definitely confuse the two. And we're going, to take a, we're going to take a quick break. But final thoughts, I think after the break, we're going to come back. We're going to have Vince Barragamo on the phone. Yeah, looking forward to that. But uh, again, just uh, I, I enjoy doing these segments because we do want to have impact on our listeners. We're a different show than everybody else. We're not here clowning around. We tell you we're trying to help you get with through our life experiences. No, that's good stuff. Um, again, I want to thank all of our listeners. And as always, we want to thank our sponsors. So one more time, I want to thank Greater Pittsburgh Travel. Again, thank you, Tom. Pellucci Plumbing, thank you, Nick and Amy. Calabria Club of Pittsburgh, thank you, Domenica and folks. Mark T. Pasquale for City Controller. We're going to thank Mark and Angela at La Scuola d'Italia, Galileo Galilei. Thank you all again. I'm Paul Martino with news about the best qualified candidate for Pittsburgh City Controller, Mark De Pasquale. From a family that's been in public service for three generations, De Pasquale's no newbie. His vast local government experience has provided taxpayers with accountability, transparency, and integrity. The city controller's position is vital. You want a leader like Mark D. Pasquale at the helm. I'm Mark D. Pasquale, and it would be an honor to earn your vote. Paid for by D. Pasquale for city controller. Okay, welcome back. We have our very special guest on, and it's apropos that it's episode number 15 because our guest wore number 15. He is was a very <laughs> successful NFL quarterback, successful businessman, successful TV personality, <laughs> successful winemaker, but most important, successful son, husband, father, and grandfather, and someone who's extremely important to me uh, personally and professionally, Mr. Vince Ferragamo. Vince, thank you for being on the show. Great to be on. Is this Claudio? Yes, it is. I'm sorry. Yes, yes. Claudio? Good, good to hear from you, and uh, good to be on the show. Who else would give you an introduction like that? <laughs> wow, man, I know that was pretty awesome. And I'm from California; I'm not even from Pittsburgh, so but that, I'm Italian, so that makes it work. That's right. right. And and I've told this story to you before, and I'm going to tell it to our audience. July, uh, December 31st, 1976, Blue Bonnet Bowl, Nebraska versus Texas Tech. Yeah. I'm watching it with my mom and dad, and there's number 15, Italian guy. He's, he's playing a great game. My mom saw the his interview. He said, that's the type of person you want to be right, like, right? And then Chuck Knox, who I've said numerous times, like an uncle to me. A few months later, I said, Chuck, you got to draft this Italian kid out of Nebraska. Now, I'm not saying he drafted Vince because of me, but it didn't hurt, Vince. <laughs> Well, you know what? He was from Pittsburgh. That's right. He knew all the boys back there, and he was a great coach. Uh, Just, you know, Chuck Knox was uh, always believing in the six Ps, you know, proper preparation prevents blank performance. (laughs) That's right. So, so, uh, but he he was really, he was really a special guy. He believed in the basic fundamentals, and um, he always used to say, that's what I'm talking about. Yeah. And, you know, everybody got the message across. But, yeah, that Texas Tech game, when we played Nebraska, we played them. You know who the defensive coordinator was? He was an Italian guy, but you tell team. us. Yes. No, he wasn't Italian. Yeah, he, Bill Parcells he was great, Italian. He was Bill Parcells. Oh, yeah, Bill Parcells is part Italian. I'm yeah, sorry. Yeah, You're yeah, right. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, exactly. Man, yeah. you got a good memory, Claudio. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, you know, we couldn't run the football against them very well in that game, as I recall. And um, that probably was probably the best game of the bowl games that that year because we played on New Year's Eve, but 
the fact that it was 27 to 24, we had to come from behind to win. Mm -hmm. And the only reason that we could win that game is we could throw the football because Parcells knew, he says, hey, I'm going to stop this ground attack. (laughs) And he did. He was ready, prepared to stop it. And if we couldn't throw the ball, (laughs) it would have been lights out for us. And Tom Osborne the next day met with the chancellor, and he told Tom, he says, Tom, it's a good thing you won that game. Because if you didn't win that game, I was going to fire you today. <laughs> and Tom went on to have an illustrious career at Nebraska, one of the great coaches of all time for for Nebraska Cornhuskers. So that, that's for sure. Everything worked out. Everything worked out for the for the best. That's right. But uh, you know, we're going to start, Vince, uh, with your Italian background, including. Uh, I, I remember you told a story about your dad, about Tony Can- Canigliaro being a big fan of his and all the Italian athletes, oh, but yeah. also your family in Boston. Uh, so tell us a little bit about yes. that. And your and your wife's father. Yes. Well, <clears throat> my family, um, my dad's family, the Ferragamo, uh, was uh, diverted. They were headed to, supposedly to Argentina. This is what I understand. And and they ended up in Boston in the, in the harbor, and, and that's where they settled. And um, my mom's maiden name was Paziali, and the Paziali Bakery uh, family still makes a lot of the hometown breads for all the restaurants in downtown Boston and the North End and that so I was 100% Italian grew up Italian all my aunts and uncles most of my family is from the east coast in the Boston area my dad grew up in Revere and then uh, they lived my grandparents my aunts all lived in the North End there and every time I went to Boston to play the Patriots uh, it was always like homecoming for me but I I never grew up and was raised there I grew up in California so but growing up Italian was uh, was pretty special. Every Sunday afternoons, we had to go to Grandma's house, and you know, we had to eat and the pasta, and the, they, they sat around and you know, listened to all the the great comedians and the Italian comedians and uh, the, the great singers of Perry Como's and such. Uh, and you know, it was just uh, it was a family get together every Sunday. And it's something that uh, we try to c- continue that tradition today, even with my grandkids. But uh, my dad was pretty strict, honest. I mean, I mean, uh, when I played football, I, I felt that uh, the only person that really mattered was to to do good. And if he said you played okay, <laughs> I said I was happy, because no. <laughs> he always had something bad to say about me. So I always had to prove that uh, I deserved to be out there. And I played for my brother uh, Chris, who was a great high school coach uh, here in Southern California growing up as a kid. And uh, he was pretty strict on me as well. Didn't really want to play me, but the other coaches said, hey, you know, you better play this guy because he's the best thing for our team. So I guess I earned his respect pretty quick and then uh, got a chance to play. And, uh, you know, the rest is history. But you learn so much as a young kid growing up. And, and that's what, you know, I think when players are, are, are being scouted and looked at to play professionally, you, you got to really look at their background. you got to say, what's the makeup of this young kid? I mean, is he... Is he going to be there through thick and thin? Is he is he going to be a fighter? Is he going to come back if something doesn't go right? Because you don't always win, and it's how you react to adversity is what they're really looking forward to. And, and quarterbacks pretty much, in a sense, uh, is the leader of your team, and you really have to set an example and have to be a likable kid. And, you know, you have to be confident but not arrogant. Uh, so, I mean, it's um, – there's a fine line and, uh, you know, a lot goes into, you know, the qualities of these, these young kids, but so much of it 
is taught at an early age and how you grow up and how you're raised and the respect you have for your, you know, for your family and your elders. And, and you said something, Vince, in an old Italian saying, well, the fish stinks from the head. If it's bad up top, if our family, yeah. our parents uh, don't yeah. instill things in us, um, then, you know, then kids are lost, you know, and, and, you know, my players ask me all the time, what, what do you look for in a player? How, how can we make the team or on the pro scouting side? How can we go to the next level? I want good people who can play. That's it. Good people who can yeah. play, you know, yeah, perfecto, perfecto. Uh, exactly. Yeah. That's, uh, it's, that's the way it goes. You know, um, I, when I grew up Italian, Claudio, I don't know about you, but uh, you, you learned the language a lot better than I did. Uh, my parents tried to hide from us. You know, they didn't, it was like a secret service family. They didn't really know. We, didn't, we couldn't find out exactly what they were talking about because they speak in Italian and they never really taught us Italian, you know. But today, you know, I've learned, I've learned it over, over the years. And, um, you know, uh, it, it, it's a wonderful language. It's a romantic language, something that I wish I, I could perfect and, Maybe one of these days I'll go live in Italy for a few years and, and, you know, and then do my final days in Italy. I think that'd be kind of fun for me. Well, you know, before Steve goes on, I, I, my mom used to speak to me in Italian from day one. Uh-huh. I used to speak to her in English. My dad spoke to me in English unless he was mad at me. But, uh, <laughs> yeah, and, and, but sure. I, and my mom became a huge, when she came here in 63, she was a big boxing fan and soccer fan. Then, because of me, she became a baseball fan, and again, football, and Chuck, she loved Chuck and the Rams, and so on and so forth. She knew more about sports than my dad did. But when I was in Italy in 1980, uh, and I called her, and I'm speaking to her in English, and my grandfather's looking at me. He said, what are you doing? I said, I'm talking to my mom. He said, in English? I said, yeah. He didn't know that she spoke English. But, uh, <laughs> yeah, she, and I'll tell you something real quick. My mom used to read the sporting news on the porch. She would... Actually, mm. I remember it was a big paper, and some of the Italian women would go by, and they would see her reading the sporting news. And you know, amongst each other, they they used to say that my mom was trying to be more Americanized and not Italian because yeah. she was reading the sporting news. You know, unbelievable. Americano. 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 There you go. Very yeah, good, Vince. Exactly. Very good. Steve, yeah. let me ask you something, because you know what? We've, we've actually talked about this before, yeah. where there was a generation of Italians that when they immigrated here, they, they became American. They said, oh, I'm an American, I'm gonna become American. And then it seemed like later immigrants, you know, in the 60s and, and kind of later, they weren't so, even though they were still America, was still their country, but they weren't, because you said something kind of funny, where like, kind of like the Secret Service, I don't know what they're talking about, but a lot of the older Italians did not teach their kids and grandkids Italian. Because they said, oh, you're in America, you gotta learn, you know, you gotta no, learn. You gotta be American, right? Oh, right. You gotta learn the language. Exactly. That's that was the theory. Uh huh. Now, are, are you? Are you? I agree. Uh, now, how are you thinking? Like, are you trying to kind of say, you know what? I'm gonna teach my kids some of these Italian things that maybe maybe you don't realize you've learned because that's another thing is sometimes we don't realize we've learned something that's cultural. We just we just assume it just it is what it is. But you know what? You think, oh, that's that's what Italians do. I didn't know that. Are you trying to pass some of that stuff down? You know, going forward or sure. You know, I- I think so. I, I would like to. I, I try to teach my my uh, grandkids some, you know, the Italian words and expressions. And, you know, I love you, ti voglio bene, and buongiorno, come stai. You know, I try to teach them a little so they know, because one day the priest was uh, serving mass at their at their my gra- uh, my kids' grammar school, and he was saying, okay, well, how do you say I love you in different languages? And some of this, you know, spurted out, uh, you know, they would say it in Spanish, they would say it in Vietnamese, they say it in Korean, and 
you know, and I was hoping one of my grandkids would have raised their hand and said, Italian. You know? <laughs> so, uh, but I think diversity is great. I think it is. I think it, it teaches us a lot about life, about uh, dealing with people and, you know, being able to be multifaceted, you know, and, and I know for my, my own three daughters, I have three girls. Uh, my oldest daughter is a pediatrician and she went to medical school at Guadalajara and she spoke her second language was Spanish. My youngest daughter, her second language was Spanish. She was a foreign language major. So they're fluent in Spanish uh, and it, and English. And so their kids are grown, you know, now they speak Spanish and English both. So it's, uh, but my daughter, it's, um, it was a, probably a good thing that she was bilingual because when she graduated medical school, and, and came back to the United States, uh, she was uh, highly sought after because of her um, her dual language capability and, and being able to communicate with a lot of Hispanics here in Southern California. So it gave her a definite advantage. But I, yeah, I do think it's important. I think it's kind of fun for the kids to, um, you know, to know more than one language. Yeah, that's funny because I, I regret not growing up. I had neighbors around me that spoke Italian. And when you're young... I always say this, youth is wasted on the young. You don't appreciate it. I am I am curious, though, because, um, you know, I think, you, you know, you're, you're into the, I'm going to say kind of funny, but you're into the wine business. You know, good Italian, you're into the wine right. business. Um, is that something that came out of your, your, you know, when you were younger? Like, because, I mean, when I grew up, like, here in Pittsburgh, there were a lot of people who made wine, and they made wine up to the day they died. And, you know, that was something they literally brought back in some cases from the old country. I mean, I, I still remember an old house where like they had the wine presses and stuff and, and getting the grapes delivered in boxes. I mean, is that kind of stuff you grew up or was like wine was just like, nah, it was just kind of a business of opportunity after you, you retired. I'm just kind of curious on that. Well, it was, it was more of a hobby for me. Um, I mean, growing up uh, Italian, of course, uh, there was wine at, at the dinner table all the time, but you know, in the Italian, Italian culture, you never you get drunk at the table. It's a right. disgrace to That's ever right. drink too much. But but we love to drink our wine with our food because it marries the the taste and the uh, it bridges the food and you enjoy you enjoy the meal that much more because the the wine would enhance the the flavors of the food and vice versa. So um, you know the Chianti Classico, for example, is one of the, the great all time. Um, most universal wines because Sangiovese, Sangiovese based and it kind of goes with a lot of different types of food. But growing up as a kid, I never really, um, uh, you know, it, it never really dawned on me that, you know, I would get into the wine business. Um, I, I did it more of a hobby. And then I, uh, when I, when I uh, left the team, when I retired from the NFL, I got more involved in the wine and the, the making of the wine and, um, I started collecting, I, I built a, a wine cellar at my home and then I have about, you know, quite a few bottles of wine that I collect wine and we drink all the time. And then we, uh, we I have a small vineyard here in Orange County that we grow mostly a super Tuscan blend, Sangiovese Cabernet and uh, Petit Verdot. Uh, it's a uh, it's pretty nice little wine and it's got a lot of uh, merits from, from uh, competitions that I put it in. And so We've done pretty well with that, but it's more of a hobby than anything else. So, you know, we enjoy it. It's fun to, to have family and friends over, um, you know, if they want to have a, you know, a special day or a special event, uh, you know, we have the wine to go with it. And, you know, it's really a lot of fun. And we, we do the harvest every year, Steve and Claudio. We, 
we do a harvest uh, in around September. My wife makes a beautiful Italian meal, and, and uh, everybody comes to the house. We have dinner, we have some wine, then we pick the grapes at night. So it's uh, really a lot of fun. It's a, it's a good time out here. Now, I had the, uh, this is Claudio, I had the Anastella. I have not had Giuseppina, yes. Raffaella, Sofia, Francesca, but you sent uh-huh. you sent me the uh, Caressa J, which one of them were going to open for my daughter who just graduated from Pitt. You sent it to me a couple of years ago. We drank the first mm-hmm. one. Excellent, excellent, excellent wine. Yes, excellent. And and let me ask you this: since we're on that subject, when you did win some awards for the Caressa J, mm-hmm. now and again, mm-hmm. Vince will explain. He named them after family members, which I absolutely love. What kind of a thrill was that? I mean, did you get that much of a thrill from, from those awards from your wine as you did accomplishments on the football field? God, yes, and you know, that's a great question, Claudio. Uh, you know, I really did. Uh, I'm, you know, we just started off as a hobby and just started growing grapes in the yard. And uh, when we actually produced wine, I had a, a producer uh, down in Escondido, which is um, near San Diego. He actually made my wine in the early days. And, you know, we, I entered it into L.A. International Wine Competition. That's one of the oldest wine competitions in California, in Pomona. And it got a gold medal. The first year, we got a silver medal in 2011. And then in 12, we got a gold, 13 gold, 14 gold, 15 gold. And then my, my, my winemaker passed away. <clears throat> so then I had to move uh, the operation to, uh, to Orange County, right where here where we live in and Bruce Powers, who, who does the wine now, does a great job on the wine. And the 2019, I don't know if that's the bottle that you have, yes. but it's very elegant. It's it's really nice. It's um, it's a, it's more elegant kind of wine. Has a great blend of um, acidity and synthetic,ity and uh, you know, so we it's really easy to drink. It's a lighter wine, and you know, it's uh, it's got a lot of flavor profile. It's got some. Uh, some uh, fruit uh, forward flavors like uh, cranberry, and then it's got a hint of tobacco, and which is really cool because uh, you get those kind of flavors and those characteristics of the wine. That, you know, people enjoy that because it's just not a. It, it's fairly simple wine, but it also has the structure to it too. So we enjoy it, and uh, but it has given me a lot of uh, uh, self. Uh, um, you know, I mean, it's built, it's built me up a little bit because it's like, hey, other people like my wine. That's pretty cool. So <laughs> I'll right. keep, continue making it, you know. And, uh, yeah, no, it was, a really, it was a really a fun thing to, to experience that and get those kind of medals with that wine. Now, Steve, Vince is a sommelier, okay, which took I, probably a nice time to get that accomplishment. And also, can you imagine how I felt liking Vince since I was a little kid? receiving two bottles of wine from Vince for Christmas. Boy, that made my Christmas that year. So, Vince, thank you again for that. Oh, that's awesome. Oh, you're welcome, Claudio. <laughs> no, that's you're welcome. That, it's funny how life, uh, you know, the circles that life takes. Oh, you know, yeah. I, I'm kind of, we're not going to, this was not supposed to be a wine interview, but you kind of got me curious about something. How hard mm-hmm. is it, since it comes from the same vineyard, how hard is it to keep a consistent taste? Like, if I, if I drink a wine from 2016, mm-hmm. even though it came from the same vineyard, it's going to be different in 2017. How how hard is it to keep mm-hmm. to, to you know to keep the same taste, or or is it just an expectation that this crop's going to taste different than this crop? Uh, you know, there's wine does never duplicate itself. I mean, every year it's different, and so it's very difficult to to establish um, the similar you know taste. It's not like having jam. You get blackberry jam; it tastes the same every time you get it. Uh, this is the the quality 
of the grapes, the way they grow, the mother nature, the way it, you know, it's contribution to the, the growing season. Uh, maybe it's colder, it's warmer, it's, uh, you get a lot of rain or, you know, those kind of things all influence the wine and the, and just the minerality, the, the soil composition affects the way the grapes grow each and every year. And we lose, we lose vines occasionally. Uh, throughout the season and every year I have to do some replanting of the vineyard and I'm more of the vintner I, I really enjoy getting out into the into the vineyard although we only have about 220 vines uh, it, it can be a lot of work sometimes just to try to keep them going but um, you know I think the more time that's spent in the vineyard you know because you can't make good wine with bad grapes but you can make bad wine with good grapes so you have to be <laughs> You know, you have to do it all, and uh, sometimes you're, uh, you know, it's, uh, you know, it's like Mother Nature is going to really have a, a big effect on, you know, how the grapes turn out each and every year. But it is interesting because yes, but <clears throat> you do keep some similar profiles on the wine are similar from year to year, but the wine is not repeatable each and every year. It's a little different, so. But um, that's that's the fun part of it because if it was the same each and every year, it'd get boring. Yeah. Uh, yeah, it would get boring. Yeah. No, that's a, that's a good point because, like I said, and I, I I mean that makes it really makes sense. Now I get like, oh, this is a 2016 versus 2017. I'm going, it's from the same company. Why is it? What's the difference? But I, that totally makes sense. But you know, the, the the funny thing though is this is one of the things that you do, if I'm not mistaken. You know, a lot of people, you know, everybody says I want to win the lottery so I can retire. Mm-hmm. Like you, you could probably mm-hmm. sit back and go sit on the beach in, in L.A. Now, by the way, I used to live in San Diego, and I wouldn't blame you for doing that. Um, but you choose to continue to get involved in some, you know, a lot of things, you know, maybe tell the audience, what are some other things you actually uh, have going on? Well, you know, uh, Jackie Slater, who's a 20 year NFL legend and hall of famer. He uh, was my uh, good buddy growing up for many years. He's uh, here. Our kids grew up together. Uh, He and I both uh, did Fox uh, television here locally in the Southern California market for five years when the Rams came back from St. Louis. And, uh, this past year, we've been doing a podcast, which has been a lot of fun. So we um, we devote, you know, one day a week, and uh, we have to do more than that because uh, the way Jackie and I have to prepare for these uh, for these podcasts, it's like, you know, it's like preparation is key. So we, we spend a lot of time, you know, reviewing our notes and talking what we're going to talk about. But we talk a lot about the NFL and the Rams and the Chargers, and we just got through with a a big ordeal on the draft, how we, we, we analyzed the draft and, and we, we figured out who, uh, who's going to be the favorites this coming year and, and how the teams are stacking up, the Rodgers move, the Lamar Jackson signing, all this kind of stuff, you know, that circulates in the NFL. And then we talked a little bit about basketball. Women's basketball was pretty special this year, I thought, drew a lot of fans. And, you know, this Caitlin Clark and, uh, and Angel Reese, the, the matchup they had uh, for the national championship game it was uh, that drew a lot of attention i think it's kind of more exciting than some of the boys basketball but uh we talked about some of that and so we do that i'm also very involved with the real estate market uh had touchdown real estate ferragamo real estate for you know almost uh what 25 years and um been uh, that's what i do primarily uh to make money <laughs> yeah this stuff is also fun pretty much so but uh, yeah, that's what we do, and um, you know, it's uh, it's it's kind of fun because we live here in Southern California, so there's a lot of Ram fans, a lot of Charger fans around, and so they still kind of remember our face. So 
we try to continue to do things in the community. I, I haven't done much with my foundation, although we still support um, Special Olympics and Speech and Lang- Language Development Center. We've we, we, uh, sponsored a lot of their uh, their 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 events this uh, past 20 30 years and so we were very active with that my wife has done a lot of work with the breast cancer foundation at um, at orange coast memorial hospital which is in fountain valley has uh, generated quite a few funds there for breast cancer so it's um you know it's, it's always fun to give back and that's what we uh we have a lot of good friends that also want to help out you know vince everybody knows about your nfl career and something that i would like to know personally is I'm always trying to prepare for when baseball is done or when I'm done with it. Joe Namath once mm-hmm. said to himself during a practice or a game, I'm not sure when he was with the Rams, of course, what am I doing here? Did you ever have that moment? And when did you start preparing for, again, touchdown real estate, Ferragamo real estate? When did you say, okay, now I'm going to go to the business world? Well, <clears throat> I think when I retired in 1986, uh, from Green Bay, uh, I knew it was it was time, and so I, I retired. And I didn't really know prepare exactly what I was going to do when, when I left the game, uh, because um, you know I was I wasn't an economics major. I was actually a pre med student, and I think my my oldest daughter took after me from that end. But I uh, I didn't continue that because of the football. Uh, the time requirement for to playing football, and it was tough to do, you know, prepare for two different professions at the same time. So, but when I left the game, I, I thought I would get into the financial market some way, and I was thinking about maybe securities and that kind of thing. But um, I think someone just came to me one day and asked me if I would uh, be interested in doing real estate, and and I didn't think much of it at the time, but I got my license, and then. Years later, I got my broker's license, and when I started out, of course, it was new to me. But I think, uh, you know, my background and you know the hard work, the work ethic, and you you have to put in the time, and you know things worked out uh, the way they should have, and I was able to uh, raise my kids and still have the time available to create. I was an independent uh, contractor, pretty much. I was in, able to create my own time schedule to, you know, be close with my family as well as uh, the business side, too. So that's kind of what I liked about the real estate industry, because I could work when I had to or work as much as you want. I would work late nights or, you know, maybe take a couple days off and work with the kids and then get right back into it. So um, I think it afforded me the opportunity to spend more time with the family and because uh, at the time my kids were pretty young when uh, when I retired from football. Mm-hmm. Now, I'm assuming that you, again, there was probably some early, you know, I'll call them growing pains. And obviously the fact that you're successful Mm -hmm. tells me you've overcome those growing pains. Do you ever um, kind of maybe, I don't want to maybe mentor or coach kind of athletes that are getting ready to transition or give advice to younger athletes? Do you ever, do you ever get asked to do that, especially in your area? You know, definitely several teams. Right. That's, that's a good question because I've, uh, we've had football camps for many years. I, I tried to tie that in with my foundation some and give back to a lot of the kids that wanted to, uh, to learn more about football. We did football camps, we did overnight camps and we did day camps. And this goes back, uh, geez, I think I started this right when, uh, when I, I kind of retired from football and kept involved football that way. 
but working mainly, we did kids, uh, younger kids, and then old, high school age kids. So, but now we still do a football camp because primarily because my brother, who's a, a longtime coach, he's over eighty now, and he still loves to be doing football stuff. So, he comes out and helps me, and we train a lot of young kids, mainly high school age kids, out here in Southern California. And you know, we've seen some of them go on to do some pretty big things. Um, but yes, I think training is is kind of a key. And right now, I think I spend a little bit more time with my grandson. <laughs> he's he's, uh, he's quite the uh, quite the enthusiast. He's he's uh, interested in all different kind of sports. He does tennis. He's golf. He's uh, he's playing baseball right now. He's a pretty good pitcher, and uh, you know he played soccer and uh, he played flag football last year for the first time. And everybody liked playing with them. So we'll see what happens. You know. So I spend a little bit more time with them, and maybe I'll do a little bit more. Uh, because yeah, I, I think you're right. I think coaching is is a key element. Uh, that's what, why we see so many great teams in the NFL now are, are doing so well because of the coaching staffs they have. You know, Sean McVay, what he's brought to the Rams, and you know Mike Tomlin being many years with Pittsburgh. You know, he wins ten games every year. I mean, it starts at the top. And you saw what uh, Brian Dabo did when he went to New York Giants from the Buffalo Bills. I mean, he was a good coach. He brought. You know, he brought the New York Giants way up on top. And, you know, so coaching is a big thing. But coaching is important as well for kids growing up. And you want to let them learn and, you know, create good habits. And uh, and sometimes they need to be guided the right way. Uh, and, you know, it's a, you, you have great talent, talented kids today, but what's the difference between a guy that they're all talented that play in the NFL, but why is the guy starting and the other guys are backups? Because you know, there's a reason for it. So you have to be multi multifaceted, uh, but above all else, you, you have to have a good heart and you have to be a good person to to make to make it uh, to make it work in the NFL. Vince, we only have three minutes left. Uh, first of all, I love your comment mm-hmm. about spending time with your family. That's something with all the things that I do, I make sure that I spend time with my mm-hmm. daughter and, and my wife sure. for sure. But real quick. Um, before we get some addresses from you on how to get your wine and all that. But people may think, oh, the Touchdown Real Estate, oh, he's Vince Ferragamo, was an easy business. It wasn't for you to build it where it is. So quickly, how how difficult was it and how were you able to do it? Well, it is it is very difficult when you're first starting out in the business world. Uh, the one good thing I had going for me is that um, – you know, uh, I was well known when I when I left the game. I was a Super Bowl quarterback. I was known here in Southern California market. But networking is so important in any kind of business that you do, um, whether it is a fundraiser event. You want to grab the people to support you that uh, have a lot in this in common with you, and that you network with them. And, and real estate's the same way. I mean, I have a a great one of my best friends is a financial planner and, he, and I'm the broker for his uh, private lending company. And, and uh, we've done many things to help a lot of clients, you know, with tax, uh, 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 you know, tax uh, accounting questions um, and tax money management, how it's the best investments uh, to do and, you know, looking at your whole game plan. And that's kind of basically uh, the, what I found is that the most important is the networking and your ability to stay involved in your community and, and keep involved so people will know who you are and they will, you know, and, 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 and having a, a great track record and be credible. And that has a lot to do with being successful in the business world. 
Okay. Now you mentioned On Point Live, so people can check that out. I watch yep. it all the time. And then uh, your wine yep. website, please give us that, please. Yeah, people could subscribe to the uh, YouTube. Uh, it's uh, YouTube.com, uh, and it's uh, On Point Live with Vince and Jackie. Uh, the wine is VinceFerragamoVineyards.com, okay. and you can go right on. You become a, a, a member, join the club membership to get uh, four bottles of wine a year, and I have a few left available. Uh, and uh, as Claudio mentioned, we have five different types of, of wines uh, that are out there that are beautiful. Three are, are sourced from Sonoma County up northern California, and two are local here in southern California. So Caressa J stands for my daughter, Cara Vanessa Jenna. So uh, all the all the names, as Claudio mentioned, are named after women in my life. Uh, so, you know, special, special moments there. And uh, but yeah, those are the two ways. And then you have Ferragamo Real Estate or TouchdownRealEstate.com. Look us up, uh, FerragamoRealEstate.com, and uh, you can see some of what we do on, in the real estate market. And if you're ever interested in uh, any advice or for young people starting out, hey, you know, just drop me an email and I'll give you what I think is important to do when you first get started in the real estate business. You mentioned a woman in my life. I have one here in the studio, my daughter, Ida, who just graduated from Pitt. Ida, say hello to Mr. Ferragamo. Hello, hello. How are you? Hi, Ida. How are you? Nice to meet you. Good. Nice. My dad yeah. always talks about you. He's always <laughs> very excited to talk to you. Yeah. The word is man crush. Well, you, you, went to, you, went crush. To school, you went to the same school that uh, the quarterback at, uh, with the Steelers went to school, right? Yes. University Kenny Pickett, of Pittsburgh. Yeah. Yep. I thought you were going to say yeah. Dan Marino. Yeah. Uh, that one, no. too. Oh, that too. Dan, Dan Marino as well. Yeah. Yeah. That's right. Hey, Vince, yeah, real well, quick. I, I, I expect a lot from him. Yeah. We, we, we use uh, the Italian pronunciation to call Ida. My, my mom's name was Ida, so we call her Ida. Ida. Uh, and and people butcher that yeah. you know it's it's spelled e dash t h e you know that's how you pronounce it so we always call her either so on birthdays either. on birthdays you have people calling her either either it gets all mixed up but Vince uh, we're gonna we're gonna that's let you beautiful go. yeah I I try to honor my mom as much as I can uh, like you honor your uh, family but you know I think the world of you I, I tell you that all the time you have a ton of impact on me personally and professionally. And uh, you mean the world to me. So, and thank you for your time. And always thank you for your kindness. You're the best. Thank you, guys. It was fun being on the show. Thanks, Claudio. Thanks, Steve. You guys did a great job. Thanks, Vince. Take care, buddy. Good luck with everything. Thank you. And hey, I'm going to get online. I'm going to order some wine. I'm going to see you guys. Oh, I would love to see you. I'd love to see you. All right. All right, brother. Thank you. Ciao, ciao. Well, I hope you guys enjoyed the Vince Ferragamo interview. I certainly did. Um, and we didn't need to talk football. We, we know his career. We wanted you to see how he got from point A to point B. So I enjoyed it. Hopefully you guys did. And um, we always appreciate you listening. And as always, thank you, Mom, Pop, Ida. And Linda. Who happens to be in the studio with us again. And thank you, Steve and Joe. Uh, and again, I want to thank Vince. One, one final thought I do want to, I want to mention, though. It's as always... I always love to see these these people, like I said to him, he could stop and go sit on the beach and call it a day. That's but right. they don't. They keep living. They say, you know what? I, I'm gonna do I'm gonna follow my passions. You know, work is not a bad word. And no. we've turned work into a four-letter word. And you know what? We we keep saying this again, you talk about that impact. It's you can do more. There's nothing that says you can't have a day job and then maybe go pursue your passions, yeah. be that your part-time job. And who knows, maybe you make that successful you can leave your day job. But if you just are content 
to get off work, go home, you know, drink a bunch of beer, sit around, do no, do nothing. That's, That's not fine. Yeah. That's right. That's your choice. But for me, I couldn't do it. Again, we want to thank you all for listening. As always, if you have any questions, please email us at questions at italianimpactweekly.com. Thanks, Hank Eduardo, for the music. And again, if you're interested in hiring Hank for a performance, he does a lot of uh, classic and modern Italian favorites. You can find him on Facebook. Again, that's Hank Eduardo. And again, thank you for tuning in. And Claudio, I always give you the last word. You've kind of already thanked mom and dad. But before I really give you the last word, what is that site they can catch this interview on and all the other interviews? ItalianImpactWeekly.com. Check out the Mario Andretti interview, all the interviews we've done. Awesome. Thank you all again for joining. Appreciate it.